If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Mark? Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be this morning. And uh, this title will make a lot more sense here in just a few more minutes. I want to talk about preparation for cultivation, preparing my heart to hear from God. And I want to begin by asking this question. If you could be a part of something that is life-changing, if you could be a part of something that would be life-changing, what would it be? Would it be to have an influence on a child's life? Would it be to be a mentor in some situation? Would it be able to be uh, in a spot where you could give financially to help uh, solve a particular problem? Would it be an organ donor? Would it be to help establish an organization or a ministry that would help to combat uh, homelessness or poverty or illiteracy? My next question is, if, if that possibility actually existed, what would need to happen to make it to, to make it come to fruition or to make it a reality? Would you need to make some adjustments in your retirement? Would you need to formulate a, a plan of action to put it into place? Would you look for the right leadership? Would you gather a group to pray and then implement the results as God was leading? It was after the Chicago fire many years ago that he went to London to rest and to learn from some other Bible scholars. He didn't really have any intention on preaching when he got there. But one Sunday morning, he was persuaded to preach in a particular church in London. Everything about that service dragged. He wished that he had never consented to preach. There was a woman in the city who had heard about Mr. Moody and his work in Chicago and in America, and she had been praying that he might come to London. Now, this woman was an invalid, and, and the interesting part was that her sister happened to be a part of that service earlier that day. Her sister came, and she began to say, you'll never guess who was, in, who was the guest speaker today. And this invalid woman began to name various people that the pastor would normally call upon, and she said, no, 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 not any of those. Finally, she said, it was Mr. Moody from America in Chicago. The sick woman turned pale and said, this is an answer to my prayer. If I had known that he was to be at our church today, I should have eaten nothing this morning, but waited on God in prayer. Leave me alone this afternoon. Do not let anyone come to see me. Do not send me anything to eat. All that afternoon, that woman gave herself to prayer. As Mr. Moody approached the, that night to preach, he soon became very conscious that there was a different atmosphere in the church. The powers of an unseen world seemed to fall on them and his hearers. As he drew to a close, he was impressed to give an invitation, and four or five hundred people stood up. Thinking that they had misunderstood what he said, he gave the invitation again, but they had not misunderstood my point is, her name might not be published in some journal. It may not be inscribed on some plaque on some wall. 
But because she helped to prepare the soil, many of those individuals came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. My question is, what made the difference? Now, obviously, in this situation, it was prayer, but it was also that the soul's so the, the, the soul's soil, now say that really fast. The soul's soil had been cultivated to receive from the Word of God. God is wanting to do some amazing things in Lacombe. I'm inviting you to be a part of the preparation for cultivation, preparing our way, praying our way to Pentecost. I'll give a more formal invitation about this next week, but I want to introduce this with this video. And so I go along here. I forgot to change my things here. If that was a possibility existed, that's great. Now here's the video. Next week, we will share more about this, and I will share in just a moment. If back in March and April, uh, if you subscribe to uh, Holiness Today, then you've already received uh, some of this material. Next week, uh, we are going to share with you how our church is going to be participating in that praying towards Pentecost. We want to join 500,000 other Nazarenes as we are beginning to pray not only for our denomination and our church, but also for Lacombe as what God would have for us. Uh, if you come next week, you will be given uh, a prayer journal that begins May 1st. We bought about 150 of these, and so we have this uh, available to you. If you've already received one and gotten one uh, through the mail, I know many of you have already shared with me that some of you did, then just get one. If you happen to have a spouse, then if you need to, then get another one. Uh, but these are one per person. We want everybody to be able to participate uh, in the process, and we'll be sharing more about that as time comes. Uh, if it'll also be on our website later on, uh, you'll be able to go online and click on the various links to watch, and uh, even the prayer journal will be online, and you'll be able to do that uh, accordingly. But today is not to next week. It's today. And today, I want to take an opportunity to prepare the soil for what God is doing. Today, I want to begin in a moment with my text, but I want us to read uh, or see this, what Jesus was talking about. Easter had come. He had not yet ascended back to his father. The disciples were anxious to do everything that God had been preparing for them. They were now disciples of Christ. And Jesus said to them in Acts chapter one, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift that he has promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus knew that all of us, you know, it's just right out of college, right out of university. Boy, I've got all this information. I want to go impact my world and make a difference. And, and there's an appropriate place for all of that. But human strength will only go so far. And God says, listen, what I want to do is I want to send you my Holy Spirit. That'll fill in the gap. That'll give you the power that you need to fulfill the Great Commission. Earlier, it's interesting that Jesus used some of his teaching at the very beginning to sort of prepare the soil for this particular time. And so I want to read this morning the parable of the soils, and it begins with these words. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, and so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on footpath, and the birds came and ate it, and other seed fell on the shallow soil and the underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon withered until the hot sun, under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30 or 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone who hears or who has with ears to hear should listen and understand. The scripture goes on to say, well, they didn't really understand. And so Jesus took a few moments to explain it. And he said, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruits produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. You see, Jesus' way of teaching many times was in stories or in parables. Now, a parable is something that takes something very familiar like farming or fishing or, or something like that and then compares it to something that might have been not so familiar Jesus was teaching his disciples about the different soils that were available. He was talking about the kingdom of God that he was sowing into. And so the question for us this morning is this, into which of these soil, soils will God sow into your life? Now don't run by this real quick. We've just come from Easter. We're heading towards Pentecost, and we're about to embark on some great and amazing things that God is going to do through our prayers. But is the soil ready? Well, let me take a few moments to contrast them. The, the, the footpath, again, it says in verse 15, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and to take it away. 
It represents the person who chooses not to understand the message rather than wanting to understand the message but can't. The soil here will need to be broken. If you've done any kind of planting, if you have had compacted soil where rocks in the pathway and and you know if you just throw the seed down, there's nothing for it to go into. It's just, it's barren. And so what needs to happen is it needs to be broken up. And I wonder when it comes to our lives and our soul, if there are moments when we have become hardened, that God needs to begin to break up that soil so that his word could be penetrated and sown into our lives. The next one we talked about was the rocky soil. The seed in the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but, but since they don't have the deep roots, they, they don't last long, they, they, fail, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. It's the rocky or the shallow soil. This is the person who receives because of conditions that are favorable, but the cost of commitment has not yet been fully realized. In fact, the cost of commitment to the Messiah comes many times in the form of what? Trials and troubles and persecution. I, I like how the, the, the writer Wayne Cordero illustrates this. Listen to what he said. Among the things that war against our, excel, our own selves excelling still more are our individual quitting points. Points where we tend to give up. This is where some person or task begins to test your patience to a certain limit, and you finally say, well, that's it, I'm through. You ever been there? Now, that can happen in our jobs. It can happen in our relationships. It can happen with our children or even in our struggles towards temptation. Every single one of us has quitting points. And then he asks, what are some of yours? He said, when we reach a certain level of physical or emotional or mental pain, we reach our quitting point. And our systems begin to shut down. This quitting point can be the result of past habits, or it may simply be the predetermined tolerance level for problem solving. Well, I've got a tolerance to be about right here before I'm going, you know what, that's enough for me. Whatever the cause, we bail out with predictable consistency at certain quitting points. The devil knows that, he writes. And on a pain threshold of 1 to 10, you bail out every time at 5.5, guess what? He's going to bring things to your pathway that gets you to 5.5, hoping that you'll just quit. You'll just throw up your hands and say, God, that's not worth it. I don't want to go on anymore. That's my quitting point. God, you're just going to do whatever. And he knows that whatever you need to do to sidestep the pain or the consequences, you'll do that. Even if it means going against your faith or your family or God's plans for the future, If you're unwilling to break through your quitting point, you'll allow the avoidance of pain to become your God. And then all the devil needs to do is cause some rumbling, a a little seismic activity in your life to begin to undermine your resolve. 
And I thought to myself how true that is. For so many, they allow Satan to dig in and and cause rumblings and and they've got predetermined quitting points. Do we allow God to let us to push through those quitting points? The third soil is the thorny soil. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the the message crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. What's interesting is what draws this person away is not persecution like the last soil, but rather competing gods. Rather than being driven away, This soil is lured away. And I'll get to that in a second. And then the last one is the good soil. The good soil, the seed that fell about good soil, represents those who hear and accept God's word, produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. This is the person who hears and chooses to understand and accept the the truth of God's word. Now, let me share a couple of common elements that maybe you've picked up. Number one, the seed is all the same. He he didn't change the seed for the particular soil. The seed was all the same. And what was the seed? God's word says it's God's word. So the seed that is sown is all the same. Number two, it's the soil that's different. So if the seed is the same, then the different harvest comes because the soil is different. Jesus starts with the purity of the seed. It's the soil that determines the harvest. My question to you this morning is, how is God cultivating the soil in your life? Is it producing fruit? Is it hard? Is it shallow? Is it thorny? Are we being lured away? You see, the difference is in the soil. However you define them, the principles are the same. And this is what I've also come to know. You can have different soils in different areas of your life. Oh, God, I'm sold out to you. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to give. I'm going to serve. And boy, we're spiritual on Sundays. And the soil is good. But come Monday when you got to go back to work, you got to go back to that relationship. You got to raise those kids. You got to go back to that job. And all of a sudden, that's not so fertile soil. And maybe we have become hardened. And we're not allowing God to make a difference in this area of our lives. You see, holy, holy living, holiness living is allowing God to take each of the soils and to cultivate the soil accordingly. I may say this later on. What I've also found out is even in the good soil, it can be enriched. Now, there's something interesting right here at the very beginning. The scripture begins by saying, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. In essence, it starts with the command of listen. Listening should enable listeners to understand if they are open to hearing And the question is, are we listening? When we pray, are we talking or are we listening? 
And if we're listening, are we hearing? And I've told you this little story about my, my youngest daughter one time. She was trying to tell Wendy something, and for whatever reason, she didn't feel like she had Wendy's attention. And so finally, I don't know if she grabbed your face or your hands or whatever, and she says, Mom, weed my whips. And I wonder if sometimes God doesn't grab our face. He doesn't say, weed my whips. But I wonder if we're praying, if we're listening, and if we're hearing. Reverend Sam Barber, who actually pastored the Central Church in uh, Lenexa, actually became the new district superintendent this week uh, at the South Central Ohio. Great to have him back on the, on the, on the zone and the educational. But in the, in the Holiness Today article, he writes an, an interesting part about this. He said, in the story of Elisha and his servant, it reminds us that prayer is the prerequisite to witnessing God's activity in our world. When we pray, we invite the Holy Spirit to join us in our experience, reframing our perspective and bringing the resources of God to bear on our circumstances. He said, I wish that a quick prayer of, Lord, open my eyes that I might see, would just peel back the scales of our humanity that have been dimmed with its perception to enable me to see the provisions that God has for my life. He writes, God desires to be more than our last resort kind of prayer in in desperate circumstances. More often, God invites us into a meaningful relationship where consistent and transparent prayer shapes us more and more into the likeness of Christ. The practice of prayer sharpens our perception and we begin to see what God is doing in our lives and in the world around us. The process sounds simple he concludes. But simple doesn't always mean easy. Anyone who tries to pray consistently quickly discovers that praying requires disciplined persistence. Then he writes, prayer cultivates our vision to see what God is doing in the world around us. It's the farmer that begins to break up the soil, making it fit to receive the seed. It's the farmer who carefully sows and waits. The farmer waters and weeds and then nurtures the seedlings until finally the harvest is produced. And it's it's hard work. And it takes time. And requires faith and discipline. And perhaps this is our model for prayer if we want to see what God is doing in our world. The soil of our hearts can become hard-packed by the pace and brutality of our culture. But spending intentional time, I pray, can break up the soil and prepare it for the seeds that God wants to sow. So my questions this morning are these. What will it take for God to get our attention? What will it take for God to move in our midst? What will it take for you and me to join him where he's working? What will it take for the soil to be ready to receive that which the Holy Spirit is wanting to plant within us?
interesting. Cultivate is a good metaphor for developing the eyes to see God's activity in the world around us. So the question is, how then do we cultivate one's heart to hear from God? Well, it begins with an open mind. You have to be open and ready and receptive to hear what God has to say. Whether you're, when we talk about finding your place in the story of God, it doesn't mean, or it doesn't matter if you're at the very beginning or way down on the process, there is a way of listening and hearing from God. Those whose heart is like that hardened pathway represents those who are resistant to hear from God. The question is, do you, do you know someone like that? Do you know somebody like that? That has already made up their mind about God, they become narrow-minded and hardened, and they, it doesn't really matter what you have to say, they don't really want to hear about it because they've already formed an opinion and made up their minds and don't even want to give God a chance. Somewhere along the line, we've, we've the hardened soul of a closed mind. What can cause someone to have a closed mind? Well, sometimes the first one is pride. I just want to do it myself. I don't need God. God is only for those who can't help themselves. Or, or maybe it's fear. I don't want to listen because if I do, I'm fearful what God might ask of me and require of me. Or maybe it's just bitterness. Maybe you've been hurt or abused and wondered where God was in those moments and you've allowed yourself to become resentful. So what do you do with a heart that has become hardened? In James it says, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that has planted in your hearts and for it has the power to save your soul. It means that we have to get rid of the, the garbage that's cluttering up our minds and humbly accept God's word. Notice it says humbly accept. We pray, Lord, I'm tired of trying to figure it all out. I admit that I've, I've tried to do it all on my own. I, I realize that things aren't working the way that I had planned and I've allowed things to enter my heart that are not pleasing to you. God, I'm ready to listen that's the first step in the process. Well, what do you do with the second? It's time to listen. This represents the rocky soil that needs deeper roots. Because when we don't take the time to listen, then God is somehow relegated to the next couple of notches down from first place. And when we're in a hurry, it's hard to hear from God. It's like driving in your car and you're approaching a dangerous curve and there's someone down on the side trying to get your attention, trying to yell, and you've got the windows up and the music playing and you're just speeding on by and all the while they're saying, hey, there's danger there. And yet we don't hear it. Intentionally or unintentionally push God off to the spare moments in time. And the more and more we don't grow deeper roots, the more and more shallow we become until we are living just surface relationship and wonder why we aren't experiencing the joy and fulfillment 
maybe we once did. The shallow, rocky soil represents the superficial mind. We kind of listen with one ear and then out of the other, and we at times get emotionally moved, but but we we really don't follow up or really follow through with anything. How do we change that? Well, how do you go from being shallow and superficial to, to one who's growing more deeply, even in the midst of COVID and the election cycle and all the various things that vie for our attention? Well, it starts with a quiet time with Jesus. It's intentionally carving out time, even if it's just a few moments to to pray and to journal and to say, God, I want to put you first in my life. But it's also joining a connection group. The reason we have Sunday school, the reason we do connection groups or small groups, is not to fill up the time before church. It's actually the time that is most important that is the development of becoming a disciple. And when Jesus calls us to be disciples, it is cultivating those relationships because it's very difficult to be a Christian in isolation. And we need each other to draw us alongside, to gain encouragement, to even hold us accountable, to say, how's it going this week? What are you doing? You having your devotions? I know there are some here. We ask each other, hey, how are you doing on your, on, your, on your journaling? How are you doing on your prayer life? And if you know that someone's going to ask you, don't you find it that you're just that much more likely to be sure you don't do it or you do do it? Because if someone's going to ask, you want to be able to answer truthfully. Well, here's the third quickly. We talk about eliminating the distractions. Like weeds in a flower or vegetable garden, so too weeds of crowded thoughts and worries and fears and plans for the future begin to crowd out Jesus. Because we don't, we can't multitask our relationship with him. It's when Jesus referenced when he said the thorny soil strangles the seedlings. What's the one thing you have to do when you're, when you're working with weeds? You got to get the root. Notice that Jesus' explanation is a little different than the rocky soil. Here, the seed sprouts, begins to grow, but it's choked out by the weeds that are competing for nourishment. What you feed is what will grow. This life doesn't have a chance to bear fruit. They never give the relationship a chance to mature. Now, don't confuse busyness with productivity. If you keep going and going but not growing and growing, you're not productive, you're just busy. I like how Rick Warren explained it. He said, how much effort does it take to grow weeds? None. Weeds are a sign of neglect. And when you neglect your time with God, the weeds start to grow in your life. And in order to overcome the weeds, you must learn to overcome your preoccupied mind. In 1 Kings 19, 12, it says that when God spoke to Elijah, it wasn't in the wind or the earthquake or the fire. It was in the gentle whisper. And if you want to hear God whisper, 
You have to be quiet. Now here's the last, and the praise team is going to begin to come to close our service. The last one is the cooperation is the key. A willing mind is one that works to hear from God. God speaks to those who decide in advance to do what he tells them to do. Not, hey God, tell me what to do and then I'll decide whether or not I'm going to do it. No. A willing mind is what decides up front. And we need to be able to say, God, I'm willing to do what you ask of me. I know that it may be scary or unusual or even hard, but I'm willing to do that because I know that everything that you ask of me is because you love me. How does one bear fruit for Jesus? Well, in Galatians 5, it tells us, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But then verse 25 says, since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And so my question this morning about preparation for cultivation, getting ready for what God wants to do, what God wants to do in your life. I ask you these questions this morning. Lord, if I, am, if I were really honest, I see myself in one of these four soils. And God, if I was really honest, I don't like where I have been. Help me to change. Would you begin to prepare the soil for my soil, for my soul to hear from you? How does God want to you to respond today? By taking the first step and asking him to soften your heart? And maybe asking him to point out those distractions. It may be asking God to pull some weeds out by the roots. It may be that you have good soil, but every soil can be enriched. Holy Spirit, we need you. You said to your disciples, wait. Wait in Jerusalem until I send the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? He's sent the Holy Spirit. He's already done that. We live in a day and an age where the Holy Spirit is available. So the question becomes, what soil are you living in? What soil are you cultivating what soil is God wanting to say, you know, man, I'd really like to do some things in your life, but the, but the soil is hard. And I've tried to break up some of that soil, and it's never easy to get broken, is it? It's never easy to allow God to take some things that we've, we've, we've wrestled with and we've held on to and we want to hold on to. But God is saying, I do that because I love you, and my word can't penetrate those things until there's an area maybe of brokenness. Well, the world will say, oh, it's all about prosperity and I'm, I'm, I'm good and I'm all these kind of things. And yet Paul writes, man, I am wretched without God. 
or maybe it's just the rocky soil. And hey, you've been coming to church and you've been living and that's been great, but, but, you're, but the roots haven't gone down. And, and as soon as trouble or persecution comes, your faith begins to wander and, and you wonder what God is doing. And, and so the, God is needing you to, to break up some soil and to go deeper with him this time. Maybe it's the third one when God is saying, look, there's, there are way too many things in your life. You're being lured away and everything that comes, it just draws you away and you're not growing spiritually. Would you allow him to maybe put some things on to prick your heart to say, you know what, here are some things that you need to give to me? Or maybe you're living in the good soil. But what I have found is even in good soil, there are some rocks. And even part of the good soil needs to go a little deeper. And even the good soil needs some fertilizer to help it to grow. This morning, we're going to sing that a song, Holy Spirit, come in this place. And my prayer this morning is that maybe God needs you to respond however you need to respond. If you want to come to pray, I would encourage you to be faithful to the Holy Spirit because if God is speaking to your heart and if you're sitting there right now and you're saying, you know what, if he, if he opens the altar, I'll come. If he says to come and pray, I'll come. Now, you're not joining the church. It's just a great place to come to pray. And this morning as the Holy Spirit has been preparing, I'm expecting God to do some great things, but the soil has to be ready. Are you ready? Will you allow God to prepare your soul and your soil? As we sing this, I'm going to encourage you to respond. Pray where you are come. I would invite you to come. There's something about stepping out begins to say, God, this is my act of faith. This is my decision. I'm publicly going to say, God, I want you to do something in my life. And when I do that, he will meet. Now, God, now Satan fights that. Satan begins to say, people will think you're weird. Why aren't you prayed up about it? there's something wrong with you? Probably there is. That's why we're coming. And it's okay because we're saying, God, I'm allowing you to break me to be more like you. And so as we sing this this morning, if God is talking to you this morning, I'm going to invite you as we sing to just step out and come and to pray in an altar of prayer, to begin to say, God, I want you to begin to prepare my soul for some amazing things that you want to do this next month. Would you be willing to do that this morning? Stand with me this morning. And as we sing this, if God is speaking to you this morning, I want you to immediately just come, come and begin to pray around the altar this morning. And let's just say, God, prepare my soul, prepare my soul this morning as we respond to God. Why don't you come? Let's sing this this morning. Father, today, lots have come to pray around the altar. Many have come and maybe are even seated in the front here, and some who are standing are making the same decisions this morning. And maybe if you're joining us online, you didn't have a chance to, to come pray around the altar, but you can pray right where you are. God wants to do a work in your life as well. God is moving in some powerful ways. His word is faithful. He said he would come. But we have to prepare the soil. We have to allow Jesus to prepare our heart's soul. Are you willing to do that this morning? Maybe you're just passing through on the internet and have stopped on our service and gotten to this point and there's been something interesting and God has spoken to your heart this morning. God is working in your life. Even today, 
as we are making these decisions, we're allowing God to begin the process of preparing the soil. Jesus, this morning, we're going to continue to pray around the front. And in a moment, Lord, we're going to be dismissed quietly to, to the rest of our day. But God, we're not going to be able to get away from this thought. Prepare my heart. Let there be preparation for cultivation. Lord, I'm excited about what you want to do. And if I'm not, then God, change my heart so that I am. And help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may God bless you this morning as you go. Continue to allow God to work in your life as, you, as he cultivates that soil and will give him praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. May God bless you today. We'd love to see you next Sunday. God bless you.